It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast, the midweek mini-pod edition. It's the pre-Ionax game. I've got William Davies on the line. Good evening, Alan. Um, so tonight what we'll do is we'll hear William, who was at the uh, press conference today, and he talked to Kieran Kane and Owen McKeown. We'll have a short preview of Pool 5. Then we'll hear some audio from Nigel Carroll and John Muldoon from the EPCR launch last week. Um, we'll talk about the new playoff from the Pro 14 for next year's European Cup. And then we'll finish off a little bit, a bit of news about our Fijian signing that might not possibly be here. But William, you were at the, at the press conference today. How did it go? Yeah, uh, it was for, it's for the Oyanya game, Alan. Of the X is silent. Took me a while to get on top of that one as well. Um, yeah, Kieran was in uh, was in good form. He was reflecting on the performance in Belfast on Friday night. Also looking forward to Europe. I think uh, we'll hear the audio presently. But he came across. He's quite excited. It's something different. It's something that's new to him. I think he's finding all of these games are just new. He the interprovincial atmosphere in Belfast. He thought they it was really good the fact that the crowd really got into that game especially at one stage in the first half and they weren't convinced about the referee's decision um but here's kieran and owen from earlier on today kieran friday night was didn't get the win but more improvements coming along they started to play you're getting closer to your the game plan uh, it's a toughie. Um, yeah, we had opportunities. You know, we we had opportunities, so that's a that's a blessing. That's a, a an improvement. Um, and we're just slowly working away and sorting stuff out. Yeah. Um, struck me watching the game live and watching it again on TV. Bundy is sort of almost double teamed at this stage. There's two. So does that mean the other players have to sort of make maybe a bit of use and might be a little bit more space there for them when he's being wrapped up by two people at the one time? Is, is that part of the heads-up thing? Um, yes and no. Um, we, we're encouraging our boys to have a, have a go and they have to make decisions. Um, so you could find plenty... Of examples of what you're talking about, but and they're not open. But um, there are plenty of other times when things are open. So, just having the ambition to to play the game is where we're at at the moment, and we're trying to work very hard on that. And does it get easier to to do that if you can run a couple of wins together? Does does that add to the? To the mixture. Well, that brings confidence. Confidence is actually uh, not lacking. Um, sometimes I think the ambition is, is lacking a little bit. And that's what we've been reviewing over the last couple of weeks. So, yep, we're, we're getting there and we're, we're making progress. Moving into Europe at the weekend. Um, these games can often become really open there seems there's talking to Nigel Carroll at the launch. He said you're playing teams you don't play that often, so there's maybe a bit less analysis. So you have to play a bit more on the hoof, and they can become very open, unstructured sort of games. 
it, so does that come at the right time of the season for what you're doing? Is, is this a nice opportunity to step out of Pro 14 into something slightly different? Oh, look, it's, it's a new thing for me to, to be going into this competition. Um, I think it's new for a, quite a few of the boys. Um, I think the fact we're playing in Geneva is, is a really interesting situation for us on probably a soccer pitch. So there's a whole lot of new aspects to it, but things don't change. We're, um, we're wanting to just keep our heads um, to the grindstone and keep improving in what we're doing. Um, we're not too far away from, from a win, um, I hope. Um, but um, I think uh, Oinex is in a similar situation to us, so I, I don't think it's going to be a open, friendly uh, game. So both teams are desperate to, to gain some uh, momentum. Yeah, I know we certainly are. So looking at their results, I'd have to say that they are looking for the same. And they're at home, even though it's in Geneva. So uh, I'm expecting a bit of a tussle. Uh Physical tussle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you never get much of a. Yeah. <laughs> the welcome in France is usually very physical. Yeah. Um, the situation with Eroni Vasateri, uh, is he still going to join Connacht? It's up in the air, uh, to be frank. Um, so well, there's a lot of phone calls going backwards and forwards. So that's that's the state of the play at the present. Bit frustrating. Oh yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a knockback, but um, you know, chin up. Oh, and the season so far for you, uh, you seem to be on playing really well. You were played at number eight against Sinekli, number six against uh, Ulster. What's the new regime seems to have galvanised you a bit? Uh, yeah, pro- I I got injured. I think just as KK was coming back in full time, so. Um I was probably started off on the back foot a little bit and uh, had to just be a little bit patient and wait for my chance to get in um, ahead of the, the boys who were, who were playing really well at the time. So, um, yeah, but it, was, it was in, uh, got my chance then really properly against Scarlet and uh, thought, I, thought I did quite well. So I was happy, uh, I, was happy. I was able to hang out in the wings a bit and uh, get a bit of ball, get, stretch the legs a bit, as they say. So, yeah, I was happy with how it went. Um. European competition slight, slightly different. Uh, I've watched these guys twice on TV. They're big. Yeah. They're f- they French sides tend to try to slow it down to their pace. So is the key for you to to actually inject pace into the game to yeah. get it away from their comfort zone? I, I just, like again, nothing's going to change from uh, this competition to uh, the 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 competition we're in at the moment. So. Like we always try and bring tempo, we always try and bring pace. Um, we know that the French boys are big boys. Like they've got lads 140 kilos plus that that don't like uh, moving around the pitch too often. So if we can move them, move them around from side to side, you know, usually usually the gaps start to appear. And uh, and uh, as I said, we're not going to change anything just because it's uh, just because it's the French side that we're playing. So uh, we're going to try and bring the tempo and uh, bring the pace as we always try and do every week. And is, does Europe give you a different sense? It's a, just a different competition. Does that affect you, or is it just it's just um, it's just a rugby match, and you you just take it in your stride? Yeah, I, I, it does and it doesn't. Like you're obviously going to a different place. So we don't we don't normally go to France or 
or we don't normally go to Switzerland or in Geneva. So uh, that's that's the plus side to it. You know, we're going somewhere different. But um, other than that, other than location, you know, I think everything stays the same for us. Uh, we try and focus on the process and just uh, and, and focus on us and um, let kind of the external stuff be the external stuff, and, uh, and we just worry about what we do in house. That was good stuff from from the guys. Um, they certainly seem excited about it, and it's um, you're off to Geneva uh, this weekend for this match because they're not playing at home, are they? No, they're not. Um, I think that's something that has uh, frustrated some Connacht fans who were looking forward to going to their somewhat unique location. Oh, uh, and yeah, they're they're not a they're not really they're more of a village than a town. Right. Uh, although the the ground does hold eleven thousand people, but um, Quite a, it's quite a nice spot. Apparently, Ulster were there last year in the Champions Cup. Um, but if you're looking at the fixture list, there's a seven-week gap to their next home game, and apparently they're doing ground renovations. So they've obviously decided to move this to the nearest big location. So they're going to this uh, it's a Servette Geneva's soccer club and rugby club ground, uh, 29,000 all-seater and it's some form of semi-artificial heated pitch. I don't think they'll require the, the heated element of it on uh, Saturday. But, um, but they don't seem, it, just, it, just looking at their squad, sorry to cut in, they don't seem to be taking it all that seriously because looking looking at the squad they've picked, um, they've got about two dozen players who have never played European rugby and, and I think something like 12 or 14 of the starting team from the last Pro four Top 14 game aren't in the squad, so... Not sure what to make of that. Um, well, this is this is the pool of underachieving teams. Oignacs <laughs> uh, 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 have won one game uh, and are bottom of the French league, or third bottom. Uh, Brieve are actually bottom, who are also in the group. And Worcester are bottom of the Aviva Premiership, having not won a game. And... The big difference that they have hanging over them is relegation. Yeah, they can, they can lose the position in the top division, and once you go down in France or England, it's a whole different ball game in terms of budgets and TV money and wage structures. So it's a little hard to determine where any of these teams are going to put Europe in their season scenario now yeah because um, like Breve have only as you say they've only won the one game Iron are slightly ahead of them because they did draw a game um, but they have lost their last two home games and Breve's only win is is, is uh, their last home game that they played so and they've picked a fairly strong squad from what we can see Worcester are the same but they haven't won a game so and we've only won the one so as you say it's the underachieving element to the whole thing You've got to feel that this is a potential for all of these sides if if they really get stuck in to launch their seasons a bit. Um, and the French sides, I you know I, I I've attended and you've attended and other Connick fans have attended a lot of games in France. They they tend to want to win their home games. Yeah. Uh, but this isn't a home game. This is this is a neutral venue. Um, I don't know if they've ever played there. The only the only other rugby match of any note that I can see there is Munster played Burgoyne there in a European, well, it was Heineken Cup 
game back in about 2006-7. Mm. So it's it, you can never pre- predict what they're going to do or how they're going to play. Yeah, yes, indeed. And and Connacht always take the European the European games quite seriously. Like they haven't in in the Challenge Cup, they haven't had a losing season since two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. Um, so they they tend to get winning seasons or at least drawing seasons and and this lo- looks like a season that they need to win having had the poor start results wise uh, in the Pro Fourteen and it's their chance to kick on and um, do something well. So let's let's have a listen to what Nigel Carolyn and John Muldoon had to say last week on what their thoughts are on Europe. John, European rugby uh, has been kind enough to, to connect over the years. Do, do you look at it as a, a totally separate part of the season or is it just another game? Uh, no, it is a separate um, way of looking at things. You, I suppose you're, you're in the grind of the, the Pro 14 and Pro 12 or whatever it is. Um, so you, you, it's a way of getting getting away from that competition and it's a, it puts a bit of pressure on you because it's, it's kind of a knockout situation. Um, you know you've got to start well. Uh, home games are very important. The first two games are very important. If you get a win or two in the first uh, two games, it, it kind of sets up your um, sets up your season or your your competition in that regard. And I think it's um, it's a nice distraction. Um, it's a nice uh, it's a nice kind of difference if that makes sense. I know that doesn't sound great, but um, okay. Like you're, you're breaking new ground. You're going to Russia. You're going to Geneva to play Ionex, who we've never played before. So it's it's just a different way, and you get to play against teams that you normally don't get to play against, and you get to watch and analyse uh, rugby matches and players that you don't normally see. So um, it's it's all, I I enjoy it. Um, plus, on the top of that, you, you've I've had lots of. Um, great experiences in uh, in Europe over the years from um, back in the day down in Dax and Narbonne and Bézier to Russia to playing um, some of the premiership teams to playing some of the higher profile French teams so look it's um, it's a great competition that you look forward to each year and there's that bit of excitement uh, in um, June when the uh, when you find out your pool and, and the differences the games seem to have a little bit more space and they're almost played with a little bit more freedom is that because of the knockout nature that it's it's very it's obviously all games are results driven but European games can often have a great flow to them I think there's two things one there's that bit of pressure for um, you can't maybe rest on your laurels and the other side of it is um, you're playing against teams maybe that you don't see that often and uh, <laughs> What a tendency to happen is when, when you're playing in a competition, you overanalyze teams over and over and over again because you see them six, seven, eight, nine times a season. Um, so stuff that you're doing is, is hard because you're seeing each other so much, whereas in the European games, you maybe analyze two or three games and um, there's just that little bit, it's maybe a throwback to a few years ago where there's a little bit more space, a little bit more um, opportunity because they're not looking at you, whereas you go and you play against Munster Leinster you have a bank of data going back four years and um, as you said there's also the, the side where you need to go out and win and um, if there's a, if there's a pressure on you to get bonus points it, may, it means you might have to kick to the corner and you might have to influence an all referee here and there to get into the corner <laughs> Muldoon's law the, the law of unintended consequences <laughs> You've 
played quite a few games in, in, in Europe yourself, including a famous quarterfinal uh, in Ajan. Um, what what do you think that the, this competition does for Connacht? You know, particularly we've we've struggled to get into Champions Cup, obviously. So, what do you think it does to Connacht? You know, an opportunity for wins, the opportunity to travel, the opportunity to sort of broaden horizons, all those things that go into making up a successful team. Yeah, well, obviously the you know the Pro 14 is our is our bread and butter, and it's it's so important that we do as as well as we can in that competition. And I think for for players maybe and, and fans, this is like a it allows us maybe to come up for air out of the out of our domestic competition, and uh, it gives our fans a different perspective, and it takes them to you know to corners where you know it's it's a little bit different, and it can be a little bit exciting, and and that can be exciting for players as well. It, you know, there's a little bit of the unknown. Um, when you play against these sides, and you know, and, and, and with that, there's excitement, and um, and if the players can translate that excitement into how they play, then you you know, it's it's that sort of bounce which can can really lift a lift a team. You know, to get to get two wins out of our first two games there, which is very achievable. Um, so that can just set us up nicely for the next phase. So I think it's. Um, it's a really exciting opportunity for us. And it's also a bonding experience, presumably, for some of the for some of the players to go to these different countries. Yeah, I mean, we, we're not as far as uh, as Siberia, thankfully, this year. And I think that was certainly uh, what, what, what Conneth capitalised on two years ago. It was a great bonding exercise. But I mean, to, to go to you know our first game is, is in uh, is in Geneva. So I mean, there's there's something that's a little bit different and. Um, and with that, there's, it comes as challenges, but that's that's why the players are playing the game, and you know, as to experience, um, you know, different environments and to challenge themselves against uh, various opposition. And what about in terms of the ambition for this Challenge Cup to win? What would you be satisfied with? I think um, we'll set our goals on, on getting out of this group. That's that's going to be our minimum standard. Um, you know, I think there's a real opportunity with these sides, and I think if we can hit the form that we expect to hit. Um, I think the minimum uh, acceptable standard for us would be to, to get out of this group and, and challenge for a home quarter-final. OK, that was John and Nigel giving some um, insights into Connacht's thought process about how they want to uh, attack Europe. And talking of Pro 14 in Europe, um, there was an announcement today that, that instead of the seventh-place team being the one with the most points uh, between the two conferences, it's actually going to be a playoff between the two fourth place teams, or possibly fourth and fifth place teams, depending on your situation. Which um, should be should be exciting. Yeah, well, I think it makes more sense to do this. Um, we were told initially that it was going to be the the be- the, the top three in each group or each conference mm-hmm. to get that right uh, would qualify, and then the best fourth place. And if a South African team finishes in fourth, then it's the best fifth place. Uh, and player welfare was pointed out that it would be one game less for these teams to play. Yeah. But they've now decided to bring... Uh, we've come back to playoffs. <laughs> it means both conferences are operating on exactly the same level. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> if you finish fourth, you're in a playoff. If you're the best fourth face finish, you have the home advantage in that playoff. Yeah. Um, and that sounds fair. I think that's entirely fair, um, and it keeps it, it. I think perhaps the the worry was that one of the fourth places might get way ahead of the other fourth place, yes. and then you've got dead games. Yes. So that evens that up a little bit, and it also means that if you've got teams vying for that place, that it keeps the season alive until the last weekend of games. They they have, and there's also a possible possible playoff. 
from a Challenge Cup point of view, that if the two losing semi-finalists haven't already qualified for the European Cup, that's a possible playoff too. <laughs> we love our playoffs in rugby, don't we? I suspect in World Cup year, this playoff might be kicked away because under playing, yeah, playing minutes. But um, it's at least now it's set in stone, and it's they had to obviously announce that prior to the start of the European season at the weekend. And uh, of course, the other the other thing that comes out on the same day as the press conferences is our the latest injury update. How is it looking this week, William? Yeah, it's. Uh, couple of people, Tiernan O'Halloran and Steve Crosby are definitely not available at the weekend. They got uh, picked up injuries in the Ulster match last weekend. Uh, Steve Crosby is awaiting the results of a scan. Uh, Tiernan is being monitored by the medical staff. Jack Carty, who also went off in that game, has been listed as OK. He's not on the list. I've been told he's, he's available. James Mitchell uh, will train fully with the squad this week which is good news, mm. and Nalaya Dawai is in the same situation. Jake Heenan, unfortunately, injured his knee against the Scarlets, and he'll be out of action until December. And Andrew Brown is rehabilitating and should be back early November, which is has put a date on his return, which is good. Obviously, Sean O'Brien, Peter Robb are more long-term. Niadi Alokan, though, will be available for selection next week, which I think is huge. I think he's been badly missed. Yep. Um, and I think it will be good to get him back in. And that suggests possibly he might come back against uh, Worcester. Obviously, the Eagles are in action this weekend. They're away to Doncaster. And then next weekend, um, we Connacht play Worcester on Saturday the 21st. And on Sunday the 22nd, they're home to the Ealing Trailfinders uh, in the British and Irish Cup. The final thing we want to talk about before we, we finish off this little mini-pod today is our our Fijian signing, or possible signing by the sounds of it now, Hironi Vassateri, um, might not be joining us. I think um, KK alluded to there being some issues with it in the, in the um, press conference. What's your take on that? Um... Personally, and this is purely my own interpretation, he's got a nine-week ban for eye-gouging in a game in Australia. Um, That means he's not available to play until the middle of December. He was only coming on a one-year contract anyway. So he can hardly come up here and be ready to play straight away. So you're probably looking at him not being available till maybe into January which means he's strictly available for half a season, a third of a season. Yeah. So I I think they may be looking elsewhere. Um, there's no full indication on that, but I think there was a slight sense of frustration today. It's one of these things that happens. Um, he could have got a 12-week ban, but he didn't because he's never had this issue before. But it's, um, it's a serious offence in, in rugby. It is. Uh, not tolerated I think it's one that the players really have a problem with so uh, we'll have to wait and see what decision they make Um, they are a little bit light in the centre positions because you know there's a feeling that uh, Undiaki will be going off to to, to Ireland or Ireland camp or playing games in that situation but um, they'll have to sort this one out fairly quickly 
And then finally tonight, just to, of course, announce to people that we're the only place to listen to or to hear or to get any live coverage of the game of the weekend is on Galway Bay FM. Yourself and Rob are heading across um, to, to do the match live from Geneva. Yeah, we certainly are. Uh, we're bringing our uh, pack sandwiches and our uh, bottles of uh, My Wadi Orange. I've looked at some of the prices in the restaurant there. <laughs> Frankly, they're staggering. So this this will have to be a self-catered trip. Uh, yeah, it's an, it's an interesting place. It's another country to, to watch Connacht play rugby in. Um, we've talked about why it's happened and maybe it's slightly odd. But we'll be live. Uh, the match kicks off at 8 o'clock Swiss time. So we'll be live on uh, Goey Bay FM at around 7. But the live stream exclusive live stream with the pre-game show and the post-game show will be on from 18.30, 6.30pm on Saturday evening. Okay, sounds good. Hope you have a great trip, William. Thanks, Alan. All right, we'll talk again soon. Cheers.